Welcome to Try This at Home with Leslie and Leslin, a podcast that offers you tips and tricks for solving problems, increasing happiness, and creating a better life. Hi, this is Leslin from Try This at Home. If you're like me, you've been inundated with news about the virus, the danger, and the long-term challenges. It's an emotional roller coaster for sure. Last week, Leslie and I talked about grace and stress relief. Today, we're bringing you the upside, how good things can rise from bad times. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and listen in. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Les. So I hope you guys are doing well and staying safe. We are. I just made my uh, weekly trek to the grocery store and wore a mask and cleaned my clothes right away. So doing the best we can. Smart girl. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a, that phrase you just said, doing the best we can. I just want to reiterate that that's all any of us really can do right now. We're just yeah. all doing the best we can. Yes. (laughs) And that looks different for some people, right? Interestingly, in a conversation that I had with a group of people earlier today, one of the comments that came out, it was a little bit judgy on parents who weren't maybe stepping up to help educate the kids. And I, I didn't say it, but I thought to myself at the time, that stepping up probably looks very different to different people. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I think there are some adults who don't have it in them to step up in that way. And yeah, you know, so I'm just kind of putting, and and this really isn't at all about what our episode is about, but as long as it came up, I just want to throw out a general reminder to offer grace as we go th- through our days, because it's it's really very challenging in different ways for a lot of people. But there's yeah, a, a, a lot of good out there. There is a lot of good. And as we were discussing, you know, what this podcast was going to be about, a clip came into my mind from my favorite movie of all time, which is Apollo 13. I have seen this movie more times than I could possibly even count, but um, (laughs) we're going to play a clip for you here. And this is um, people who are in mission control. Apollo 13 obviously is the space shuttle that had a failed mission to the moon. And so there's some people from mission control that you're going to hear talking about some things that could go wrong when the shuttle tries to re-enter the Earth's atmosphere. And then you will hear the voice of Gene Kranz, who was the director of the mission, talk about uh, what he thinks. Cool. Listen in. Copy that. Is this my phone still a presence in the splashdown? Yeah. Here we got the, uh, the parachute situation, the heat shield, the angle of trajectory in the typhoon. There's just so many variables. I'm a little I know what lost. the problems are, Henry. This could be the worst disaster NASA's ever experienced. With all due respect, sir, I believe this is going to be our finest hour. That's awesome. Yes, I love that point. I love how he just, you know, hears them talking about all the negative and he's like, you know what, this could be our finest hour. And I think, I mean, it was their finest hour. Obviously, the shuttle landed successfully and all of the astronauts were safe. But Mm -hmm. 
I think that's a really great illustration of choosing to look for the good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the end of the day, and I use this analogy a lot um, when I'm working with clients, is that bad things happen. There are bad things. If we want to find them, we can find them, right? Now, even on a regular day, you know, something that we've rather innocuous out there, we can turn on the news and hear about all the murders or the robberies. Bad things happen. Yep. But it's important, really important to learn how to change your focus. And I use the analogy of if I go to the west side of the house and I look out the window, there's a dump out there. There's not really in my house, but the metaphor, okay? So let's say there's a dump out there and you hear the the bulldozers all day long and you have the smell blowing through your windows on on a day when it's coming from a particular direction. And there's just nothing pretty to look at that doesn't, it's just a really a, an ugly view that's depressing. But if yeah. I go to the other side of my house, there's a park. And in the park, there's gorgeous trees, there's walkways, there's children laughing and playing. And I get to choose which side of my house or which window I look out of. You know, and I think that that's, we get to choose which window we want to see the world through. Yes. And and you are right. It is a choice. Always a choice because, yes. And so today we really want to emphasize that we get to, we, we turn on the news and we hear all this stuff that's very heavy and it is a lot like a roller coaster because just when we think we know what's going on, something else pops up and, and we don't know what's going on and the, and the results aren't any different or they're getting worse. And so we want you just for a little while today to move to a different window. We're going to help you because we have some really cool things we're going to talk about to demonstrate that in many, many ways, this in fact can be our finest hour. Yeah. All right. Let's get started. What do we got? So to begin with, there's a ton of celebrities who are stepping up and really making a difference. Yeah. I heard Oprah donated $10 million. $10 million. That's amazing. Um, Dolly Parton is reading bedtime stories every, I think it's every Thursday night on a, there's a Facebook channel. So just, if you, if you want to find it out, just Google Dolly Parton bedtime stories and hopefully you will just get the, what it is that I'm, um, that I'm referring to. I think, oh, it's the Imagination Library Facebook page. And okay. it's an online series called Good Night with Dolly. And I believe it kicked off last Thursday. So um, you have time to pick up this next week's reading. Yeah, and I actually heard that LeVar Burton of, you know, former Reading Rainbow fame wanted to read books online to children. And so Neil Gaiman, is that how you say his name? Neil Gaiman, I think that is, gave LeVar his blanket permission to read anything of his works online publicly to publish. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, that's awesome. 
See, that's the kind of. (laughs) Yeah. I think you get permission on Twitter. It's just like, yes, you can do it. Whatever, you know, whatever, you know, whatever helps basically. That's super cool. That's super cool. And Taylor Swift, her foundation is helping with a number of individuals. I saw one particular contribution that was a college student who had started a GoFundMe and don't remember exactly what it was for, but next thing you know, she got a a check in the mail from the Taylor Swift Foundation for 3000 bucks. That's amazing. Which, yeah, totally amazing. And by the way, I'm sure she was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, she was a huge Taylor Swift fan and her room was covered in like posters. She was, yeah, she was a heavy (laughs) duty fan. And then Zion Williamson is going to cover all of the Smoothie King center staff. Wow. I I believe he's, I believe he is a um, sports figure and the Smoothie King Center is a is a um, sports stadium, right, um, yeah. or a venue, and I think it's super cool that these players are backing up their support oh, yeah. staff. Because I'm sure a lot of those are people that feel like they're unimportant or that nobody sees them or recognizes them. So, yeah. Well, you know, how many people does it take? to accommodate 80,000 football fans. Right. <laughs> right. And if you're, and I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not a big sports person. So I don't even know how many people are on a football team, 12, maybe 12 play at a time. So let's say there's 36 people on the field. Those 36 people are supported by God knows how many um, support staff, people who sell beer and pretzels and hot dogs and ticket takers and parking attendant people, you know, I mean, those people count on the season to, for their livelihood. And without being able to play the game, the sports people, you know, the, the athletes are still getting paid at least a percentage. And it's really cool that they're taking care of their support staff. Yeah. Makes you, feel good because sometimes you know you don't always hear the best things about some of these really wealthy athletes so mm-hmm. <laughs> it's nice to hear well and you know I'm just my motto is if you have more give more yeah especially definitely. in moments like this Drew Brees and his wife donated five million dollars to the state of Louisiana specifically for the COVID relief program five million dollars just donated to the state that they love. And I just, I just can't get over how awesome that is. Yeah. People give celebrities a hard time because, you know, oh, they're rich. It's easy for them, but they, they don't have to do it. It's, it's right. like your money. It doesn't matter if you, so, you know, their 5 million might be your 500 or whatever, but it's, it's still money that they don't have to give. I know that the owner of the Patriots sent his plane to China to get supplies and, and outfitted mm-hmm. the plane and, you know, went over there, picked up the supplies, it loaded it up and brought it back. And, you know, that's amazing. Yeah. And, and, that's and that, I mean, that's, you're, you're filling a plane with fuel to fly to China. That's no small feat. Right. Right. 
Yeah. Um, Rihanna, her foundation also gave $5 million to the relief efforts. So we're probably, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know what the number is so far, because I also know that there are millions and millions of dollars being committed to a hunger relief fund that's run by a, a pretty famous chef. And I, I didn't get all the data on that, but I did hear a news expose on that, as I'm sure many of our listeners did. And I think between the people that are losing their jobs and the hunger problem that we had in this country anyway, it's really endearing to me that people won't have to worry about going hungry. And you know, celebrities are too. Right. I was going to say there's been lots of CEOs and, and companies that have done this, similar things as well. Yeah. I, I want to say that the, a lot, as a matter of fact, almost all of the airline CEOs have foregone a salary, uh, in many cases, to prevent layoffs. I mean, the airlines are obviously bleeding cash at this moment, and they want to be able to keep as many right. of their employees as they can, as well as make sure that, I mean, to some extent, they're trying to stabilize the stock price too, right? By saying, okay, stock prices are a part of that is the balance sheet, and I'm not going to take my $980,000 a year salary so that we can add that back into the balance sheet. And I think to some extent, they may also be foregoing some stock options. But uh, the, the airlines aren't the only one. Comcast, um, the CEO of Comcast also is foregoing his salary and he's donating $500 million to an employee relief fund, which Again, super cool because there's a lot of people, Walt Disney World, right? Or not Walt Disney World, sorry. Uh, Universal Studios is Comcast. And all of the movies, the Universal Movie Studios, they're, they're not in production right now. And so there are a lot of people that work for Comcast subsidiaries that are not working. And I think that's very generous. Yeah, I heard... Um... Similarly with Lyft, their co-founders are donating some of their salary. Columbia Sportswear, their CEO, um, is reducing his salary to basically mm-hmm. you know, not much <laughs> for the rest of the year, I think, so that other people can have the money. I mean, that's just, that's really great. I, I'm so encouraged. Yeah, to me help. too. And, you know, it's the... Um, oh, there's one other company, Yum Brands CEO. Now, he... Yum Brands runs KFC, Pizza Hut, Taco Bell. He's forgoing his salary and giving $1,000 bonuses to the general managers across the restaurant chains, uh, roughly 1,200 of them. So hopefully the restaurant managers are going to pass that down and bonus some of the hourly employees as well. But I think these are really, really great examples. And I'm hoping that I think it's plausible to believe that if this is happening just with the the few that we're talking about, that it's happening all over the place too. Yeah. And it's, it's not just, you know, you hear on the news, it's not just CEOs and athletes or celebrities. It's normal people that are doing it. Yeah, it is. And there's some super cool stories that we are going to tell you right after this. Hey everyone, it's Leslin. 
One of our goals this year is to grow the podcast audience and you can help. We would truly appreciate a share or a shout out if you found the ideas here helpful. Don't forget, you can always touch base with us personally on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website, trythisathomepodcast.com. So yes, normal people, like everyday people like you and me are also doing some pretty cool things. What have you heard? Well, the the one that I just saw, I guess a lot, was just the people in Italy who have all these balconies and and everyone just going outside. I saw someone um, was having like a gender reveal party on their balcony and the rest of the people on the other side of the building who could see on their balcony they went and wore either pink or blue shirts, whether if they thought it was going to be a boy or a girl, so that when the people opened their like confetti, you know, cannon or whatever it was exactly to to see, they were like these strangers in the opposite building were participating in their gender reveal because Aww. it was just the couple, like that, you know, they couldn't have a party with themselves. So, and there's stuff like that, or people dancing and singing on rooftops, like you know, the news has kind of been flooded with that, and it, it's just so cool because. That would not happen. Yeah, if you're right. You're absolutely this. right. Nobody would give two hoots about somebody's gender reveal. So that's very cool. Yeah, I saw an I saw another story about people in uh, Europe who were hanging baskets down from their windows with free food in it, like baskets of well, just food to anybody who with notes on it, with to anybody who needed it, which was. Yeah, and likewise in the U.S., there was a, I think it was a woman in the South, someplace, who made bag lunch. Oh no, 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 no! It was a suburb of Washington D.C. A woman made bag lunches and put them out under a tent, just like you would put out fresh tomatoes for somebody to drop a quarter in the basket, you know, and take a tomato. She did. She just made bag lunches right. for anybody to take. Yeah, and I've heard. Um, I've heard of a lot of people going into restaurants or getting takeout and tipping large sums of money. And I have to shout out my dad here because he went into an Applebee's right when this all started happening. And he got some chicken wings and left Aww, a $500 That's tip. so sweet. So. That's super cool. Well, there must, you know, Ohioans must be pretty generous because there was a recent story of a delivery customer from the Oriental Walk in Cincinnati who tipped a thousand dollars. Not to outshine your dad, but you know, I mean just another example no, of, in, of in, yeah, incredible yeah. generosity. The other thing I really love the more the I'm sorry. Oh, I said the more the better. Absolutely. <laughs> the other thing I really love is how people arrive at using sidewalk chalk and leaving all these super cool messages in sidewalk chalk. Yes. I love that. It's just showing their appreciation for all yeah, different Yeah, I've seen them on like fences, like wood fences. I've seen pictures of them just in driveways of healthcare workers or on the sidewalks. Just really great messages. Very similarly to what we saw after 9-11 or in Hurricane Katrina, but this is happening all over the country. And that's what's really so special about it. There in South Dakota, there was a student who was having a really hard time with math homework. And so the teacher went to the house, but with a whiteboard, 
and sat outside the front door. So the storm door was closed. They were separated by glass. And she sat on the front stoop with a whiteboard and taught the lesson to the student individually. <laughs> and, That's so and creative. It is amazing. And, you know, I wanted to say, remember how last week we talked about creativity being, we're, we're going to have to get creative and think outside the box and think about doing things the other way. And that's a perfect example. I also want to say it's why it's one of the reasons that teachers are also heroes right now. Yes. Many, many teachers are um, pulling up or, or, or bucking up in ways that we just can't appreciate enough. Yeah. All three of my kids start, I don't even know what they're calling it, to be honest, but it's basically a remote school on Monday where they have to be logged in Microsoft Teams at specific times to receive live instruction from their teachers. So we're going to see how that goes. But, um, you know, I, n- not to sort of go against the grade from what you were saying earlier, because I totally agree that the best, you know, when people are doing their best, it looks different for everybody for sure. But I also think like, you know, now is the time to support your kids teachers and the way that you can do that is to do the absolute best you can to keep your kids on this schedule doing what they need to do because could you even imagine being a teacher and spending months and months and months teaching these children and you're so invested and then this rug gets yanked out from under you and I'm sure you have this sense of like but I wasn't done I wasn't finished with them yet you know and I think that we can support teachers by doing our best, even when it's hard and continuing their cause, you know, because I, for one, am not looking forward to Monday, (laughs) but I'm going to do it because I know that the teachers are, are really. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in the best case scenario, parents are going to step up and be there. And I think that the majority of the parents will, I think that there's going to be a percentage of parents who can't. And I don't think that it's, they won't. I really, I really don't think that it's a won't. I think that it's that for whatever reason, they can't. And I would suggest, you know, those are people who are really struggling with their own issues and just don't know how to separate it out. But having said that, I think there are parents who are becoming rock stars at helping their children or helping the teacher fill in the gap for their children. Like you, probably. Yeah, and just, well, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm doing better than others. <laughs> we'll just say Listen, I don't want to forget to talk about, go I, ahead. Oh, I should say I've I've definitely picked my battles with this. As you need to. You know, and and otherwise you would go crazy. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I don't want to not talk about Ashley Lawrence, who is a uh, a senior at Eastern Kentucky University majoring in deaf education. And she made face masks with clear poly centers for the hearing impaired. And I just thought that, exactly, I just thought that was so 
innovative and so necessary and so important for a population that really is probably falling a little bit by the wayside because of many of their normal services may not be available. I just, I thought it was brilliant. And I, I just really, and one other, one other shout out to a Minnesota state trooper who pulled a car over for speeding only to discover that it was a tired medical doctor trying to get home for a few hours of rest. So instead of a speeding ticket, the officer gave the doctor a new face mask. Aww. I know. Little acts of kindness, you know? Yeah. They, yes. Yeah, and compassion. And I think that's, you know, isn't it interesting to think that all of that kindness and compassion, it exists all the time, right? I mean, it's not like people just woke up one day and said, oh, let me be compassionate today. They've, it's always been there. It's that we're using it. Like there's a reason to use it. And I think that that can lead us to the next part of our conversation about what are the lessons, what are the positives that are going to come from this experience and and how might we literally hold on to some of these positive changes? Yeah, I, the more that I think about it and the more that I focus on the good stuff to come from this, and that's not to say that this is easy or not to say that people aren't dying because they are and it's horrible. And like we said, I'm just choosing for the moment to look out the other window and I think there, I mean, I made a small list here and there are so many things I think that are going to stick with me forever or maybe not forever, but for a while that are really positive. And, you know, the first one is I'm paying more attention to the budget. I mean, I think it's always, you're a former financial advisor. It's always good to be more responsible with your money. And if this put that into laser focus, I think that's a great thing yeah, for and, a lot of people. You know, the, sadly, I think a lot of people are forced to do that on a regular basis anyway. But mm-hmm. for those of us who've been a little spoiled and, you know, I, I used to be really good playing the prices right because I knew exactly how much money <laughs> I had to spend every week at groceries and I made it go as far as I could by knowing how much everything costs, right? Today, I'm I'm privileged enough not to have to worry very much about if coffee went up 50 cents, but I think that it, I still have the skill of paying attention to, do I really want to pay $12 for a, a container of coffee at Acme, or should I go to shop right and get it for $8 a container, right? Paying attention to the budget is super important. Yeah. For me, it's also, it's made me not waste food. Like I went from wasting leftovers like you would not believe to, I'm not kidding you. I felt like a freaking genius when I did this, <laughs> by the way. This is like a pro tip, guys. I We had Philly cheesesteaks for dinner. We had leftovers. We had them for lunch. We still had leftovers. The next night, I turned Philly cheesesteaks into enchiladas. And I used a zucchini that was going bad and threw it in with the Philly cheesesteak stuff, in with the enchilada, and nobody said a word. <laughs> They're like, these are great. I'm like, 
why not? Like, it's become a game to me. I'm like, what can I turn into something else so that we don't waste yeah, food? Yeah, because wasting food um, means that you yeah, have to go I, to the grocery I, store, which is taking your life into your own hands. And so it's better. Not- yes. So that's that's one thing for me that I think that I'm definitely that I think is good for you. Good for you. I do not like wasting food either. And I have been trying to be creative with some of the extra. I think I told you I got one of those perfectly imperfect boxes and I had a lot of extra produce that I wouldn't ordinarily use and finding ways to make it. Even if I'm making a big pot of vegetable soup and put it in the freezer for a rainy day, being, I, I think it is important to be more conscientious of what we're wasting. And maybe that's a kind of a snapshot way of saying this. Yeah, we've become a culture of wasting. Yeah. But yeah, and it and not only wasting, but just being more mindful yeah. about what I already yeah. have. You know, it's like, okay, time to use every little thing that's in the freezer. You know, I mean normally I have the luxury of just, if I don't feel like using it, I don't use it. And now I'm trying to be mindful about what I have, not only with food, but with anything, everything, like everything, Um, things for the kids, like they want something to do. And I'm like, let's dig out this stuff that we haven't used. Is there an old box of chalk somewhere? Is it, you know, just using absolutely everything that we can. Um, and that, and that benefit. It absolutely does. And you know, isn't it interesting that by doing that, one of the things that you must be noticing is how many things you don't need, you know, whereas, whereas before you might've said, oh, well, if you can't find the talk, let's just order one off of Amazon. But now it's more about Hey guys, I know I saw it. Let's go look at it. Or you know what? We don't need anything. Um, I mean, we can't go get it. So let's rediscover something else. And and at the end of the day, it meant that you didn't need that thing you were going to run out and buy. Yeah, definitely. And just in general, being more organized, I think a lot of people are going through their home and cleaning things out and organizing because they're suddenly stuck at home and they have an abundance of time here and people might be recognizing that their space feels better when it's clean and organized, or at least, you know, for me, that's (laughs) definitely the case. I already had a pretty organized home to begin with, but I certainly got to some things that I didn't, you know, make time for previously. And I think that's also a gift. I think I'm going to be more mindful of my time. Just, I, you know, I always try yeah. to remind myself yeah. about that. But once again, it just puts everything, you know, a little bit more into focus. I totally, I totally agree with that. And, you know, I know that I've become maybe more conscientious about staying healthy. You know, when I think about just being susceptible to any old thing, I've become more attention. I've paid more attention to just thinking about my immune system and doing and giving it what it needs to be strong. I actually wonder if this is going to have positive repercussions on like regular seasonal flu for a while because suddenly people are 
expert mm-hmm. hand washers now, and we are taking more vitamin C, and we are becoming aware of when we sneeze and cough, and we're thinking about when we go to the grocery store, 400 people have touched this cart. And, you know, yeah, just that that all falls in with your health. And certainly, I would hope that this makes us all just a little bit healthier, mm-hmm. even when this is over. I, I, I think that you're probably spot on about that. I really love the next thing on your list about more respect for less appreciated workers like cashiers, sanitation workers, food service, deliveries. I love that because you are so right. They are generally speaking less appreciated. We take those roles in our society so much for granted. and our world would be at a standstill if it weren't for them right now. Yeah, it really kind of flipped everything on its head when it comes to who we respect in this crisis. And I think that, you know, doctors have pretty much always been respected and and they still obviously are now. But, you know, big fancy CEOs of car companies and air, it's like, what? You can't do anything for me right, right now. <laughs> you know, I am so thankful for the girl that checked me out yeah. at Target today. You know, her name was Tiffany. I am, I am thankful for her. I noticed her name. I, you know, I thought about, you know, her coming to work and if she was worried and, you know, here I am wearing a mask and she didn't even have one on and, you know, just on and on. And on. People, um, deserve that respect. They've deserved it all along, but you know, unfortunately it took something like this for us to pay attention to that. So I hope that continues. Yeah, I do too. I, um, I think we probably can also take a lesson about how, and it'll be fascinating to study this in two or three years when they really get everything kind of put together. Um, how, what's the word I want, how dependent we are on world, the world producing our stuff, right? Now, having said that, I was watching a a news segment from Georgia, I believe, and there was a farmer who had blueberries and cucumbers, and he's concerned about his crops because they're not letting the um, farmer, the workers from Mexico come in right now. And he said, without those workers, I can't get the crops picked because domestic labor won't do it. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't know if that's because those people aren't respected, certainly, but they're not paid well. No, they're not. Also, because we have that here with the mushroom industry, which is, you know, right where I live. And, you know, no one wants to, to pick mushrooms. It's a horrendously disgusting job. And yeah, without without those laborers, like it's not. Yeah, getting and done. you know, and we can probably have a matter of fact. I'm think I'm going to put that on our list because I could talk for quite a while about what that means to us and and how we kind of developed into a society that we're not we're not willing to pay ten dollars for a pint of blueberries. But if we aren't willing to pay twenty dollars an hour to have somebody who can make that at you know cleaning houses, um, if we're not willing to pay that to have people pick blueberries, then 
then what's, what are our options? Right. I mean, do we, what happens then? There's, I mean, there's a long conversation we can have about that. I'm not sure this is the right time, but I think you're right. Somehow we might need to be able to, or be, we might have to have conversations about what it means to be more self-sufficient as an economy. Yeah. One of the other positive things, and I, I swear today, I just got to fight with my husband about it an hour ago. So I, I hear this one, but it, it is good to have more time with your spouse <laughs> and your kids. A lot of people are so busy and some people don't even have vacation mm-hmm. days that they can use. And even though, my God, there are times when I just want to wring all four of their necks. I'm <laughs> not going to lie to you. But <laughs> the majority of the time, yeah, you know, it's nice. Yeah, it's like Chris, it's like an extended Christmas vacation without the the pressure of Christmas, right? In some ways. Now I know that I'm still working from home and I know you're working from home a little and Dustin is working from home, but and I think that's part of what is challenging is that we still have some responsibilities, but now we also have these kids and our partner is in our, you know, in our space. I, I talked with a couple earlier this week who he works from home ordinarily. And so in his mind, the entire house is his office. You know, if he wants to get up from his desk and talk to a client in the dining room, that's what he does. Or if he wants to make lunch, you know, at two o'clock in the afternoon, he doesn't think about it, but now she's home and she's working from the dining room table. And so now he's actually relegated to his office. And they went on to talk about this whole list of things that are challenging. So I think it is wonderful to be able to have that time, but you have to be careful about thinking that it's it's not necessarily just magical time, right? There are challenges that need to be, no. um, like you said, you want to strangle them. There are challenges associated yeah. with that. Well, and sometimes I think the challenges can also be positive. I mean, I I have talked to a lot of friends who... And my, this could probably be its own podcast, to be honest with you. But basically, I think what happens is women who work not traditional nine to fives. And I, I'm somewhere in the middle of this because I do work, but I also have flexibility. I am used to being interrupted and dealing with the children mm. while I work. And a lot of moms who have side jobs deal with that as well. I yeah. am not unique in that. But men typically have this sort of very protected work time where they aren't interrupted and they are in an office and they don't have to deal with these interruptions. And so as much as I think a lot of the argument that I just got in with Dustin, you know, stemmed from his stress from being thrust into a, in a situation where he's constantly interrupted and it's loud and you just have to deal with it because what else can you do? I think there is some good in that and and to say, look, this is kind of what I deal with all the time. And as much as I'm sorry that you have to deal with it, I think maybe there's some respect and appreciation that can be gained from that as you recognize that this is what I've always had to do to work. That's a really good point. I think a lot of people, I mean, just even if it's parents understanding what teachers go through now, right? A lot of people are garnering respect for 
things that they've never had to do before. Yeah. Yeah. And as long as we're not a jerk about it and we're not like, see, yeah. told you, you know, that's obviously not a good attitude to have, but you know, being very uh, compassionate that this is not a situation that they are used to dealing with. And there's nothing right or wrong about that. It's just the way it is, but that dealing with it can be hard and stressful on top of everything else. And so, you know, they might need some extra space to, yeah, to figure it out. Yeah. So true. You know, I want to, I want to end, um, our, our podcast today with two really kind of cute things. First of all, you know how our grandparents said, Oh, when I was a kid, I had to walk uphill both ways, you know, barefoot in the snow. When I went to school, (laughs) stop your whining, you know? My daughter the other day, who's only 23, uh, but she said, man, she said, I can't wait for the time when one of my kids has to say to me, I'm bored. She goes, I'm going to have so much. Don't talk to me about being bored. I spent 30 days in a one bedroom apartment in the middle of New York City during the great (laughs) pandemic, you know, Um, I really, I work with a lot of us are really learning a lot about ourselves too. Right. Yes. But maybe the funniest thing I've seen, you know, for those of you who use zoom, you know, that you can change the background on zoom and I've played with it a little bit, but apparently you can actually download different backgrounds also. And so to be yeah, a lot of companies are offering free down free backgrounds. Like Disney and a bunch have put a bunch of okay. different free backgrounds out. So yeah, apparently really cool. this one woman who was gonna join a family happy hour downloaded a potato background. So it turned her into a talking potato. But the part that's hysterical is that by the time she went to back to work on Monday and had to leave one of her team meetings, she couldn't figure out how to change it back. So she led her team meeting as a talking potato. (laughs) And I just think, oh my gosh, I just, you know, that's one of those things where you just have to sit back and look for the laughter or appreciate and enjoy the laughter that happens when, you know, it reminds me of that time a newscaster was interviewing somebody from their home office <laughs> and their wife crawled across the a toddler. Oh, and then, right. Goodness. You know, nothing's <laughs> perfect people. And we just need to roll with the punches. So, you know, yeah. look for the good in things. And actually that is our try this at home this week. It's to make sure and focus on some of the good news that's out there. Most people are amazingly resilient and we are going to get through this if we can continue to pull together and extend compassion and kindness the way that we talked about today. Yeah, I love it. Cool. And that's our discussion for today. We hope that you will share this with people that you know and love. And as always, we are super grateful that you took the time to listen. We'll keep talking about pandemic life as long as it's part of the daily challenge that we're dealing with and we hope that you'll join us if you have any questions or comments of course we hope you'll reach out on our website www.trythisathomepodcast.com where you can also subscribe 
uh, to the place where you listen to podcasts. So have a great day, everybody, and stay safe. For now, this is Leslie and Leslin, hoping you will try this at home. All perspectives and opinions expressed during this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. There is no direct or indirect intention to provide psychotherapy or mental health services. If you are seeking counsel for individual circumstances, please consult with a local health professional.